We made this. Hello and welcome back to Ask Us About Loom, a podcast that's covering point-and-click adventure games, interactive fiction, walking simulators and all other kinds of games that become called adventure games. I am, as always, your host Matt Latham and I'm glad to welcome back onto the podcast Ian Buckley. How you doing, Ian? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be back, glad to be talking about this game with you. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, uh, we'll we'll talk, start talking about the game in a second. I just want to generally ask, we are pretty much a couple of days out from seeing the end of 2022 how's your kind of year of gaming been in general uh uneventful this was one of my probably least game filled years uh of my life for whatever reason other things have just consumed a lot of my time uh return to monkey island was the only adventure game that i played this year uh, at all so uh, certainly on that front, it has been uh, a bit of a lull in, uh, in in terms of what I usually play. So, yeah, not not too much going on this year for me gaming-wise. Oh, okay. Um, I think I think my kind of eventy game, I think starting the podcast up again has kind of kicked me in the reawakened the bloodlust for the, sure. for the genre. Uh, for the genre, and um, I think before, I think even before this, um, this game, this game, I think I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure this was, if I can remember rightly, I'm pretty sure this was released just after I started musing on the idea of bringing the the thing back, because I'm pretty sure, like in kind of the backstage stuff, um, the backstage stuff about this, but uh, about the podcast, um, I'm pretty sure we start, we just starting talking about doing Gone Home, and then. <laughs> then this was released, and I can remember Tony going, "Oh, we'll definitely have to talk about Monkey Return to Monkey Island." Um, and in in an ideal world where Tony isn't busy, he probably would have <laughs> he probably would have finished this and be joining us. Um, I do. I have the complete intention of bringing yourself and Tony to complete the other games eventually. So I want to talk about each each game. Um, so, like separately in their own episodes, and I, I do want to try and get Tony in for them. Um, particularly, particularly, I want to hear him his views on Escape because he said he will defend Escape with, with passion. So I'm looking forward to that. But um, we're not talking about them. Um, we're talking about the Monkey Island games. Um, I think, in terms, I think as we're end of the year, I think this just nudges out being my game of the year because I think. I, I think I kind of liked Immortality more, um, the FMV game by Sam Barlow, who was the guy behind uh, her story and Telling Lies. Um, that just blew me away. Um, Another one I meant to get to this year, but I just haven't yet. Oh, if you get the chance, it's it's a stand. I bought it. I'm looking at it. It's in my <laughs> Steam library right now. I'm, I'm looking at it as we speak, and it's just not been opened yet. Uh, yeah, just turn the lights off. Turn the lights off. Crank the sound up and... I'm not going to venture that, but yeah, I think I, I think just I think the I think the kind of experience of that game of of, of that kind of nudged this over. There's I think there's a couple. I think as we get to the into talking about the story more, there's probably one or two things with the experience of playing this that probably meant it meant it didn't get the game of the year. But we'll we'll, we'll get into that a bit later. Anyone listening, just. As always, we're going to go for a kind of spoiler-free chat 
Um, so like if you've not played this or you've not played a Monkey Island adventure game, um, stop now and play one. Um, but <laughs> if you're kind of interested in finding out what the kind of game's about or um, why you should play, what heavy functions, we'll talk about that briefly, and then we'll give you advanced war. We'll give you like clear warnings to stop because we do need to. We are planning on getting into the nitty gritty. We're going to talk about the ending. We're going to spoil the living hell out of this game. In terms of the, like with this and the other games, in is this one of your favorite games of the year? Yeah, I mean, e- even if it weren't uh, one of the few games that I had played this year, uh, I love this series. I have a lot of nostalgia mm-hmm. for the original. Well, I-, I-, I love Curse as well. I actually replayed it shortly before this came out and uh, really enjoyed that experience. But the first two games, for me, go back to you know the, the very earliest days of me playing games. I think Monkey Island 2 might have been... One of the first two, Loom being the other one, like proper grown-up PC games that I remember playing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think you're very much like me. Then when coming into coming to this, it's like this must be. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of an equivalent, but I know you're a star. I know, I know you're kind of like a Star Wars fan as well. But I think I was more excited for Return to Monkey Island than I was for The Force Awakens. <laughs> um yeah or okay sure yeah. sure yeah i ca- i can't think of any other any other franchise that's given like that i would really be more excited for um as, for like an announcement yeah no i i mean it, it blew me away when yeah. when they announced it i mean we'll get into com- you know talking about specifics of the game in a bit but yeah when they announced it i was like surely this is a joke like not only did i not expect another monkey island game maybe ever again but for ron gilbert and dave grossman to both be creating it like no surely not (laughs) yeah i mean um in that instance i think this kind of took the internet by surprise i mean it trended on twitter um which like I i think for a genre which is mistakenly always called a dead genre, who's and every single game's kind of reviving it, which isn't true. Uh, isn't true. I'm going to uh, quote um, Wadgy Eyes, Dave Gilbert, the other Gilbert, in that it never died. It just the genre just suddenly stopped being financially viable. Yeah, I think yeah. This uh, I think Ron Gilbert in the past he wrote something. If I made Monkey Island three on his blog in 2013, with like a kind of bunch of stuff that he said. Oh, if I did this, I'll do this, did this. And one thing he said was, uh, "Oh yeah, I'll probably just announce it on April Fool's Day," um, because Ron Gilbert famously dislikes the concept of April Fool's Day. And then on Twitter, just went, "Oh yeah, I'm just create, I'll create another Monkey Island game." And people are going, "Oh yeah, April Fools." And a few people were going, oh, "Hang on, no, hang on, hang on, hang on, no." That's what he, he said. said he would do. Yeah, yeah. And people are going, why, what, 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 what's going on? Is yeah, he, is yeah, he? And yeah. I think and then the day later, then the day later, the announcement trailer came through. And then with music, this lovely animation and Danny Delk as Murray going, well, Ron Gilbert said he'll never make another Monkey Island game. And then the internet pretty much lost their shit. <laughs> Oh, I lost my shit. I'm pretty, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure you did as well. I'm pretty sure Tony did as well. It was like going, what, what, what? Yeah, like yeah. it's David Tennant. David Tennant's uh, David Tennant's Doctor Who going, what, what? Yeah, what? Yeah, and uh, yeah, and like the and yeah, people just going, going confused. Elijah Wood, 
<laughs> was like also was like quite quite tweeted that trailer and went what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I was like, and I think there's a sense of disbelief for a while, um, and but then the fact being that there was a game coming out, it was going to come out later that year. They had already been working on it for two years. It was being led by Dave Rosman and Ron Gilbert, the original creators of it, and was going to be a full-length adventure game. And like I think the the, the whole adventure game community had to take a sit sit down sit sit down and take a breath because, like you, I I never expected um another Monkey Island game, let alone a, another Ron Gilbert game, another Ron Gilbert led. Monkey Island game. Uh, and I said, I'm assuming you was the same. Yeah, no, never would have thought. And yeah, it was even kind of, kind of like weird because the only information they kind of led was like, um, oh yeah, um, we're going to follow exactly for Monkey Island 2. It will follow that. The first scene of the game will be following straight from Monkey Island 2. And then yeah. the internet, <laughs> and then everyone was like, but, 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 but Murray's in it. Murray's in the trailer. And... <laughs> It's yeah. It's in order to get people talking, it worked. It just worked because, yeah. I think I think I'm still slightly in shock that we've got this to be fair. Um, but so um, yeah. So the well, so basically, what happened was that um, that Ron Gilbert always dreamt of making a new Monkey Island game, uh, but didn't know he didn't own the IP. Um, and there were yeah, so we had three games in the series that were developed by Telltale and LucasArts. Uh, Walt Disney bought uh, Luke Lucasfilm uh, and then owned the rights. And it turns out that in PAX 2019, Nigel Lowry, founder of De- Devolver Digital, mentioned to Gilbert that he knew John Drake, who was in charge of licensing at Disney. Drake wanted to approach Disney about a new Monkey Island game. In December of that year, Gilbert invited Ga- Dave Grossman, who worked on the first two games, to work on a new instalment. Um, so yeah, so he's just pretty much like randomly passing and who and people who know who that the, that this got made. So it turns out that someone at Disney was quite a fan of the Monkey Island games and was always, was kind of like one kind of like always. Oh, I wouldn't mind a new Monkey Island game. And turns out that someone who knew Ron knew him, and it he just seemed to click. Yeah, I love it. It, it it's one of those happenstance kind of fluky things but also it's it's a testament to how this game these games the original games in particular have only grown in esteem as time has gone on and these you know these 90s kids like us who grew up with these games with with such fond memories of these games are now you know professionals in positions to actually make some of these decisions and it sounds like that's what happened here yeah i mean one of the things i can often i think of is i've just recently watched a, a like a, an hour and a half documentary about the film galaxy quest and it's it was like he's interviewing people like uh jj uh, abrams and jj abrams was saying that we grew up watching we grew up doing these watching these things experiencing these things we are pretty much glorified fan fiction writers just with just with official backing from the people who are on the rights and like there are people and there are people that kind of 
want to do that, but then somehow managed to get the crea- the original creators in back to do it. And yeah, I think just the power and the influence of of the, the of the legacy of these games of the series kind of won out. I think in the end, um, and yeah, and I think just it, it just seemed like a lot of key things happening at the same time to make this happen happened, and somehow. Ron Gilbert managed to keep it a secret for two years. Um, he actually said in an interview, I did not tell anybody, if you are not actually working on this project, you did not know about it. I didn't tell my best friend. I didn't tell my mother. I didn't tell my sister. So, uh, yeah. Wow. How he, managed to, how he managed to keep that quiet is ridiculous. How anyone, those non-disclosure, those non-disclosure agreements must have been tight. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, everyone wanted this game to succeed. You can tell. Yeah, and I think, but I, I, and I think because I think the team was about twenty-five people. I think in the end that worked on the game, a lot more than the Thimble Thimblewee Park, which was um, the kind of mani- maniac mansion kind of influenced like love letter to the kind of late eighties game that he did in two thousand seventeen. But there was like more artists on staff, like there was animators. And a dedicated storyboard artist, so it was a slightly bigger game, bigger team that worked on that. Yeah. So and yeah, so he came, so he just came in this game, and then eventually uh, more stuff ca- came on, uh, came out about it. They said, "Oh yeah, we're going to get Dominic Armato back to, as the voice of Guybrush. Um, we're going to get uh, Alexandra Boyd back uh, as the voice of Elaine Marley, Earl, Bo- Earl Bowen." Um, who played the Chuck, um, he'd retired in 2017, and I think he's like in his early 80s now anyway, um, uh, gave his blessing for them to recast the Chuck. Um, so, yeah, there's all these kind of like things coming back in. Um, Neil Ross, who was the voice of Wally in Curse, um, is also doing the voice of Wally in this game. So he's like, oh, yeah, Wally's back. So it's just all all kind of really exciting. The Yeah, you're just getting these kind of snippets of... Uh, footage and video we get a picture we got like a character model of stan um and there was the there was the interactive website which meant you could have a dialogue tree talking to stan in the melee island jail as just talking about the marketing which i think was a lot of fun did you um have a go at the uh the interactive website where you could speak to stan i sure did yeah that yeah. was a lot of fun yeah and of all the characters to do that with i think it's the best <laughs> stan's the best choice um oh yeah perfect salesman for hey this is going to be a really fun experience come hang out with us so anyone who's not played it uh basically the monkey island games or a point and click adventure games uh just, i'm going to assume that you know what they are if you if you listen to this if anyone who's not played the monkey island games um guybrush threatwood who's a kind of uh started off as a kind of wannabe pirate guybrush is going to go and onto another quest to finally find the secret of Monkey Island, the secret that's eluded him several times before. In the process, comes face-to-face back with his old nemesis, the, the zombie pirate LeChuck. And the game gameplay is just pretty much like any other point-and-click adventure game. You just go around looking, interacting with stuff, there are individual puzzles, etc, etc. Um, but very much in a very kind of streamlined way, and I'm quite looking forward to having a bit on the interface a bit later on but yeah so that's basically it you it's a very strong story it looks very nice and that's pretty much it really so um i think before we carry on i'm, I'm gonna 
just give you the warning there. We're going to get a bit more spoilery from then on. So, yeah. So, if you've not played it, stop now. Ian, what, so what are your general thoughts on Return to Monkey Island? I really loved this game. I I know that, you know, like I said, growing up obsessed with first Monkey Island 2 and, and then the, the series sort of in, in general through Curse, uh, I'll, I'll confess I never actually played Escape. It's on my to-do list. But I, I did love the first two and Curse as well, and I dabbled a little bit in Tales, and I, I've been meaning to finish that, and I liked those. But yeah, this was the really the return for me uh, to this series in full. It's uh, it's been a long time coming. I, like like we said, I never thought that we would get another one of these, much less you know one from Ron Gilbert. So I, I don't know how much that is kind of coloring my perception of this game. The sort of the the kind of miraculous fact that it it exists. Uh, but I, I really liked this game. If I was going to give it a score, I'd give it probably like an eight and a half or nine out of 10. Really liked it. Would recommend people play it. Yeah, that's pretty much very similar to mine as well. I think it's, I think it's kind of a, a, like a loving kind of return to form. The story kind of has the story and its themes match what the game's trying to do as well. Um, the, it looks stunning. The animation and the the art style is smooth and everything. The the voice cast great. The writing brilliant. I think the story's very very good. Very it keeps you propelled. Um, keeps you propelled. Some some of the new characters are quite quite fun, and yeah, there's just there's 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 a bit and I think Dominic Armato, the the voice actor who played, um plays a guybrush in an in a in an interview he was saying that the thing that caught him was that this this is this game in the series it has a lot of heart to it as well um it's aiming it's aiming to do something and it kind of does it in a way and yeah and i think it 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 kind of like wants to like say to the fans thank you for sticking with us and Thank you for liking this franchise. Yeah, and I think it it starts with the the framing device that we're introduced to at the beginning of you know th- this story is being told by Guybrush to his young son, and you know I just I I always get really moved, uh, especially since losing mine by like father son stuff, and yeah, I I found this element of this this game unexpected and and moving in an unexpected way i thought it was really clever but also heartwarming that we're we're getting to see a a happy you know parent guy brush who is in a loving relationship with elaine and it just it 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 feels good to know that these characters that i've come to love have ended in a in a good place and are happy. Yeah, um, the kind of storytelling framework very much similar to Monkey Island Two, with the so that that starts with Guybrush telling everything happening, everything leading up to the moment of the start of that game, right. kind of like a flat narrative flashback form, and it's very much similar to in this one as well, um, in a way that uh, I thought was very clever because. 
they're saying, oh yeah, we are not going to contradict the end of, we're not going to, we're not going to try and contradict or kind of rewrite canon for uh, Curse, Escape and Tales. We're going to pay, we're going to incorporate them in a way, but we are going to start in Mon from Monkey Island 2. And once I realised what was going on after about, after wandering around the first bit for about 20 minutes, I was like, I was like, oh, Ron Gilbert, you glorious bastard. Yeah, and it all, it, you know, it, it's told in a way, it's presented in a way of like, it all happened. All of these past adventures actually happened in some way. Mm -hmm. Maybe it doesn't jive exactly with what you think is going on in some of the other adventures, you know, like people get really invested in the idea of canon and whether or not mm -hmm. things are staying true to canon, you know, whatever that means. And it's a, uh, you know, it, it's a way of acknowledging that, you know, these are stories that have been told and if they don't all line up together perfectly, it's because you've got a little bit of an unreliable narrator here who's embellishing certain things, forgetting other things, telling them in certain ways to mm -hmm. amuse his children who are growing up hearing about them. Yeah. Exactly, and the, the the way that introduced by saying that oh those kids you saw at the end of Monkey Island two, it wasn't Guy Rush, it was Guy Rush's son, and yeah, and it's just I just thought it was a masterstroke, and and I I don't know how they came up with the fact of how they managed to pay to how to kind of resolve the um that kind of baffling ending in a way that make sense i think yeah to the, to i the thought point, it was really elegant yeah I, I to the point where i've not replayed monkey island 2 um since playing this but the only issue i have with monkey island 2 is th is the ending and this probably retroactively improves <laughs> or makes or makes <laughs> the ending of monkey island 2 a lot more satisfying satisfying if you know what you look if you know how it leads up to so i mean it's an absolute masterstroke. I think it's, if any, if anything, it's, if anything, it's kind of fixed the main criticism of Monkey Island 2, um, which considering it's seen as one of the best sequel, sequels and one of the best adventure games ever, and he somehow managed to make it better. That's, yeah, that, that's a, that's, I, that's, I wasn't one of those people who had a problem with the end of Monkey Island 2, maybe because I was, uh, I don't know. I was I was very young, and I just uh, you know it was a bit of a head fuck. But I was like, okay, great, you know, did, sure. Uh, I thought it was funny. <laughs> I think it was funny. Yeah, I just think I don't know. I just I don't know. I just always thought it was a bit kind of very off-putting, and and as much as curse, as much as I think curse might still be my favorite, my, might be my favorite, and the whole carnival of the damn thing. I, I quite like the concept. It, the fact it just is very kind of brushed over and. It's always never. There's there's like a zero point five percent of me has never been fully satisfied that they've about that bit. But this this monkey. I mean, one of the it's one of the main things I love about it is that it kind of fixes that plot point, and it does, and, and it doesn't contradict anything that happens afterwards. And it's. I mean, that's that's. I think I just think that's amazingly very clever <laughs> how they've done that. Um, absolutely yeah yeah it was definitely a balancing act that they had to do and i think they did it really well yeah and i think then the kind of then this like game kind of unfolds in um in the ways of kind of like 
of Guybrush telling, uh, I don't know whether it's actually in canon that his name is, but he's referred to as Boybrush. But I don't know if that's right. It. I don't think it's actually that's his actually na- name. I don't think he's referred to that as that, or well, his name isn't um, mentioned anyway. But then we go, then we see that, uh, then we kind of follow a story of of Guybrush finally finding the secret of Monkey Island and getting on to the Chuck's crew, going to Monkey Island again, having to do <laughs> having to do a bunch of stuff again. Uh, a bunch of tasks again to get back to Monkey Island again to finally stop to beat LeChuck in the game stuff. But what? But I think. But but it's all done in kind of a very clever way. In that there's not the idea of that. Oh, um, LeChuck and Guybrush are again trying to chase this glory of the stories and kind of revisiting past glories whilst everyone else around them kind of wants to move on and aren't really bothered, which I think, and there's a kind of level of meta-commentary in that as well. I don't know if you sort of found that. I definitely think so, yeah. And there's there's something to be said for, you know, the single-mindedness with which LeChuck and Guybrush are pursuing the secret to the detriment of, of everyone and everything else. And sort of, um, I think the way that they're, the, the, you know, Ron and, and, uh, and Dave are, are highlighting for the audience, for the player that, you know, there's, it's okay to just sort of like have a fun adventure. You don't need to take everything so seriously and focus on the minutiae and get caught up in what the secret actually is. It's sort of like, you know, it, it's sort of reflected in the the single-mindedness of Guybrush's little kid of going, but what's the secret? But what's the secret? Yeah, but tell me. Tell me, tell me, tell me. What's the secret? I need to know. I need to know. I need to know. And, you know, the the creators of this game being like, chill out <laughs> a bit. Just enjoy the fun. Have have a fun adventure. Look at all these, you know, look at all these fun characters. Look at all these fun things that you're, you know, like, look at the fun adventure that you're having. Like, does it really matter that you didn't find out specifically what the secret was in the game? Like, don't take it so seriously. Yeah. And, yeah, and I think with that, you get Guybrush and Chuck are the ones that seem to be taking this too seriously, but then around them not noticing there's a kind of weird commentary of people going oh for god's sake what are you doing um and like there's almost like it's like uh, an unstoppable force uh unmovable object at times where they both just seem to be caught in this kind of like toxic relationship that just seems to be damaging things around them um and people just really just want to move on um and there's kind of and i think there's kind of like like critique that Guybrush and the Chuck are kind of almost hardcore, hardcore, unmoving fans who kind of want things to stay the same, kind of want just things to never move on and repeat past glories and just never find anything original. And whereas everyone else around them is saying, no, hang on. No, we just need to move. Oh, for God's sake! You, you're destroying things around you, um, and and there, there are moments where 
there are moments where the game seems to actually comment and comment and take stock of the kind of adventure game tropes that you usually find where like there's a destruction in their way in the in the main character's wake um and you're saying like this is what's happening you need to move and evolve with the times and stuff but um and again, there's that meta commentary on perhaps even a slight critique on kind of the fact, like the diehard fanboy culture of we want, we don't want new stuff. We want to just revisit everything. We need to do this, need to do this, need to do this without really realizing the damage to that IP can do. And I think this game kind of tackles that quite in like a very interesting and entertaining way. Yeah. There's commentary on folks' single-minded determination to revisit these old adventures, and they they think they want a return to Monkey Island that is, you know, checking off whatever boxes they have in their head. But, you know, these are stories being told by other people. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, these these are stories that are being told by a creative team and you know i i think that there's something to be said for as a player you know getting into a game like this and giving oneself over like trusting that you're in good hands for the next you know 12 to 20 hours of gameplay and that you're going to have a good time and not to get so focused on what your expectations or preconceived notions were going into the experience yeah, yeah, I do. yeah, I find that. Yeah, I agree with that. There's a, and there's like a kind of strong theme on stories and storytelling and yeah, yeah, and that kind of thing about how and the perception of the perception of what happened in base and stuff. There's a whole um, there's a whole kind of uh, puzzle that you have to do where you have to and like try and get into this kind of secret society of storytellers. Yeah, point. you have to tell a story. There's a literal storytelling puzzle. Yeah, and you have to kind of, and basically, it's it it's it, like you have to basically tell the story of what happened in I think chapter three of Tales, where uh, where Guybrush and Morgan get swallowed by the whale. Um, but then, like you're saying, oh, no, no, no. What you need to do, you need to embellish it. You need to add stuff to it. You need to kind of make things more grand and more like more exciting and um you, then you can't and then the game the game and the story kind of like suggests at the end that guy which is kind of doing that with his son in that he's making himself feel a lot more kind of better than he is um immediately i also think at the, the very start of monkey island 2 um, you see Guybrush talking to those two people on Scab Island, and he's telling them the story of how he defeated the zombie pirate Chuck. And um, the way he tells it, um, he's saying that he, he storms in, he storms in, holding the the salsa bottle, and Lichuk's like, "Oh, Guybrush, have mercy!" And like, no one believes him. Right. Yeah. So that that kind of that trait of that kind of like trait of Guybrush has always been there, and the ability to kind of embellish and overegg a story to make himself look a bit better has always been there. And it's, I, I, yeah, it's just, I just find it very, just, I, yeah, I just find it very clever how the show, how the game just manages to keep that trait and then make it a key focal point of this story. 
Yeah. And I, uh, you know, if if we want to get into talking about the specific sections of the game, you know, I, I loved that we did, you know, we didn't just return to Monkey Island, but we returned to, you know, Melee Island, the, you know, the place where we spend so much time in the original secret of Monkey Island. And, you know, we see how much it has changed we mm-hmm. also see the return of a few familiar faces and a few familiar places. And yeah, what what did you think about the the return to Melee Island? I mean, at first, I mean, at first, I was like, do we? Uh, I was I was kind of like a bit iffy about whether we needed to go back again because if this is the third game that would have Melee Island because like the first part of Escape is on Melee, and I'm like. Oh, is it? I yeah, didn't know that. Yeah, so because you're on melee for the first bit of um, escape as well. Um, but I think one of the things that I mean in escape, um, there's the there's the idea of gentrifying or things moving on, um, which is a key part of that plot actually. Um, like for example, like the the scum bar gets bought out and turns into the lure bar, um, which is I think another kind of programming language joke. Um, but, and I think there's something similar to happening in this game, but where businesses are closing or, um, things are changing or people are moving on. And I, I, I think in, in the context of this game and in a much better way than Escape did it, it's to highlight the kind of revisiting past revisiting past glories and stuff and one of the key aspects i think of this is with the interest left click to look right click to interact um the 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 mouse pointer will change into a magnifying glass but then also had some kind of internal monologue from guybrush about what you're clicking onto um very 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 clever um Mm. kind of innovative innovative way of showing character but quite a few times particularly around melee you've got guybrush wandering around and particularly if you go to stan's um shipyard which is kind of more or less you can't really do much anything apart from having a puzzle for later on in the game um you highlight over stuff and guybrush is like oh yeah i remember when there were ships here and i remember blah, blah blah you go into another place and it's like oh yeah things are changing now and and like there's i think it kind of highlights i think it highlights kind of the the idea of revisiting past nostalgia kind of trying to get a nostalgic fix trying to revisit past stuff but things aren't as the same as they used to be and i quite like how and i and i and i think that going to melee or going back to melee helps again amplify that section of the themes of the game yeah you're right i think that's exactly the purpose that it serves thematically is obviously there are a few plot quite a few plot points on melee island itself but in terms of how the island's presented and the way that things have changed these you know important major landmarks to the plot of the first game you know the church is all boarded up and shut down uh the general store is is shut down in the first act of of this game and has one of my favorite little written one-line gags you know you know that the note on the door saying that they've closed says that you know thanks for the memories (laughs) but cash would have been better 
Yeah. And, you know, the the voodoo shop is having a going out of business sale. The shop next to it is all boarded up. Uh, you know, even, even Wally's map shop, even though it's new to the island, gets trashed in this game. You know, the scum bar eventually gets destroyed. It's, it, you know, everything is, you know, kind of turning to shit on on this island and it is commenting in a way on you know going back is never going to be as satisfying as you hope it yeah as you hope it is you get that with i think some of the characters as well i think elaine i mean elaine's always been kind of the governor in places but here she kind of has moved on to kind of humanitarian work and um more or less um trying to highlight citrus fruit <laughs> to prevent scurvy. Actually gets involved in quite a few puzzles actually when you get to think a bit. Yeah, and she kind of, and she does and I think at one point Guybrush is saying like, then you wanna go back to the governor's stuff and she's like, nah, Carla's doing a good job. She's got new fresh ideas and everything and he's doing things in a different way. Which we which again is quite funny if you think about it in a meta sense when you've got a video game series where to that point there were more games by other people than the original people that made it. Um, I, I don't know whether that was intentional, an intentional gag, but I quite, I found that quite funny. I don't know about yourself. Yeah, yeah, and I think that uh, you know, speaking of of Elaine, I love that she pops in and out of the story. Has clearly like her own her own things going on. She's got her own her own. Uh, mission in this game which you which you occasionally help her with uh i i liked her presence in this game i really liked that she wasn't just showing up to yell at guybrush again it feels like that was a sort of old old pattern that the games had gotten into that was getting a bit old for me um i liked that she wasn't a scold here and that they seemed to just have a happy, loving relationship, and they accepted each other for who they were, and they each had their own lives. Yeah, I think Elaine's role in this as well is to act as the independent, or no, not the independent, uh, the viewpoint of the person critiquing the damage or the... Um, what am I trying to think of? Basically, if someone's trying to say, "Hang on, this is the this is the issue you've got with this franchise repeating over and over again," like you end up with the Rise of Skywalker or something like that, um, and um, this is what's happening. And then, because because quite a few interesting things that happen is that Elaine is pretty much at some point kind of when you complete like a minor task, you'll have Elaine suddenly walking around going looking at something that's happened um, because of the results of Guybrush going, oh, what's happened here? Well, here's the story. And throughout the game, there's like a kind of pursuit that's happening, thinking, and you're kind of thinking, oh, God, is this going to end up being a blowout where Elaine's saying, what are you doing? You need to stop and everything. And, like, for example, when you try and get the mop, you destroy a tree. and Oh, my God. It's so dark (laughs) and funny. Yeah. uh, All his woodland creatures crying. Yeah. And it's like kind of, I mean, yeah, and like... Guybrush seems oblivious to it, um, but the game kind of specifically seems to highlight there's actually, no, hang on, because of <laughs> Avenger game protagonists so quite dangerous to, a, <laughs> to the environment when you think about it. Um, but then, kind of, yeah, then I think there's other parts where um, 
it's been a couple. Of, it's been a couple of months since I've played since I've actually played it. So and I didn't want to go and play it before this because I, I quite like the di- the distance from it. Um, but I know you completed it quite recently. Is that right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Within the last week. Yeah. So there's there's a bit there's a bit where I think Elaine meets she meets the pirates who have got scurvy, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like realizes that the only copy of the flyer that she wants to kind of photocopy was given to this these pirates before before um she could spread that word and stuff and which slightly annoys her as well. And there's there's a couple of other instances where um that happens and there's a quite there's a very nice kind of thing, particularly before the end of like the end of the final part, where Elaine's going, You do realise that so and so is like so and so because you so and so or oh I spoken to Herman Toothrot earlier. Right, you 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 left him in a cave. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, before we continue, do you know anything about the plot of Number Four of Escape? I don't. Okay, because one there's a big big thing that this game does or doesn't do, which is tied to one of my massive massive reasons why I'm not much a fan of Escape into stories. Do you, do you want to get spoiled or uh, go for it? Shoot. Okay, right. Okay, so. Near the end of Escape, there's a massive, massive retcon that um, because there's a there's a there's a gag where you can because you you go back onto Monkey Island in the second half of Escape, and you meet Herman Toothrot, and there's a, there's a thing where you find out he's got like brain damage or something, and you can change his personality by throwing a bottle at the back of his head. Uh huh. And it, and eventually, when you got the right kind of, I, I think I think you put something in the bottle and it gives the amount right of weight, he suddenly gets his memory back and it's revealed that he's actually Grandpa Marley. So you know from the format pieces in Monkey Island 2? Yeah. Yeah, so it's revealed. And I, I, I really don't like that. I, I really didn't like the that reveal. But apparently it turns out that he's the missing Grandpa Marley. And um, Oh, okay. Yeah, um, which, and I think it's it's been a, I think it's been a bit, it's one of those key things I think online that, um, People have been a bit iffy on. It's it's one it's one it's one of my big kind of bugbears about the story of that game. Um, in that, I, I, it, do, it doesn't really make sense. Um, I, I much prefer Herman Toothrot just being this constant thing who just seems to show up everywhere. Yeah, like I do too. This one. Yeah, and right. yeah, and uh, and another reason why I quite like this game, <laughs> it completely ignores that. <laughs> There's yeah. like yeah, so and and even. Elaine goes, oh, I spoke to Mr. Herman Toothrot, and you left him in that cave. And I'm like, well, obviously, well, obviously you've forgotten that he's apparently your granddad. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think, I, yeah. If there was one thing about Elaine's inclusion in the game that I wish had been different, like, I was, I was a little bit expecting for there to maybe be a section where she's playable. Um, especially giving, you know, thinking about how like Thimbleweed Park played around with having multiple perspectives, which for me, you know, playing that game for the first time, I was really surprised by. I hadn't really played uh, a, a game like that, especially, you know, designed by Ron Gilbert since, I don't know when, a long time. And so I wasn't expecting it to be as, uh, you know, much there to be as much of a of a change in perspective as there was in that game but you even get a taste of that in something like uh indiana jones and the fate of atlantis where you can sometimes play as um i forget her name sophia Sophia, yeah yeah um and yeah i was i was 
I was a little disappointed that there wasn't an element of that in this game, but I also know that they cut a few things for time. Maybe that was an idea that was originally in there that they just didn't figure out how to implement. Yeah, I think that was in his um, If I Made a Monkey Island 3 blog post in that he'd, he'd, he'd want Elaine to be played. Um, be okay, I, I had forgotten that that was in there. Yeah, so so maybe that's why I had it in my head, um, that she might be playable in this game. I was a little disappointed that we didn't get that. Uh, hopefully this, this, I don't know what the sales of this game are like. Hopefully it's a really successful uh, game and they get invited to go on a different adventure. You know, she kind of gives Guybrush a little call to the next adventure at the end of this game, which I really liked that they're just kind of, I, I'd love to go on a just Guybrush and Elaine like adventure story where you switch back and forth between their, their two perspectives. I think that would be great. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, I do think that I think like, I think that would be quite open from the fan base. Well, I don't, I don't, I can't see people getting annoyed that, Oh, I just want to play this guy. Well, you probably gonna get a couple of people probably annoyed, but I think any, I think any kind of, any kind of venture franchise that might be, that might, that people probably would like to play, um, you probably be lame. But then again, I think Elaine's a bit too competent in terms of, these are too, too, she's too much the hero. I mean, particularly in the first two games, she's pretty much two steps ahead of Guybrush the whole time, I think. And I think, then again, though, I mean, you could, then again, though, she, she share, I think she shares quite a lot in common, like physically and kind of adventure traits yeah. in Janet and, Jones. And even I if think. she is really competent, you can still play around with that. Like if, like if India. Elaine, yeah, like Indiana exactly. Jones, yeah, yeah. Like Elaine gets captured, let's say, and Guybrush is like, oh my God, I got to figure out how, how, how to get her out. And then you like hard cut to now you're Elaine and you escape and you go through this whole section of the game and you come out and Guybrush is still trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, because again, this is the character that when you get to the church in the first one, um, Elaine's already escaped and planned right. to, <laughs> and pretty much put monkeys in the wedding dress and stuff. And yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I do think that and that would be fun. Um, you probably never, you probably would never know until it's actually done. Though, right, think. right, yeah. I mean, part part of me would love love a game where he plays like Chuck, but <laughs> oh, that would be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said like the nine where the nine verbs is like scold, kill, stab, <laughs> like kill, haul. Open, give, use, lynch. Speaking of verbs, they're gone. What did you? F- how? What did you think about that? I mean, I like. I mean, I quite liked it. I think there's an ongoing kind of discourse that's happening in, I think, the events gang community, and I think particularly uh, if we're if we briefly talking about 2022, um, kind of, I've I've been getting slightly more into uh, the adventure gang kind of online community in this like discourse sure. and, and like on a couple there's a couple of like adventure game discords some part of and um one of the things they talk about one of the things that seems to be thrown about is that adventure games seem to be a lot easier um a lot easier or it seems quicker to complete them um like in the previous episode um i was talking to pat about king's quest 4 and saying that someone said it took him a year to do it um it didn't take me a year to complete Monkey Island, six more or less. But 
um, I think a part of that is a case that when you streamline the interface, it makes it easier to kind of do things, but you're not messing around with nine different verbs. So you're not going to go, oh, give shovel to door handle or it, it kind of narrows it down and keeps things kind of like keeps things kind of zippy and pacing. It does, and it keeps it keeps players engaged in a way that they might have a hard time staying, especially, you know, not to generalize, but, you know, these days there are a lot of demands on our attention and a lot of distractions, and the Internet exists. And, you know, some of these, especially these older school hardcore games, I mean, when Secret and, and uh, 2 came out, I couldn't just look up a solution on the internet there also weren't a million and one other games or things you know competing for my attention so Mm -hmm. it was a very easy thing to just say okay i'm just going to sit down in front of this computer and figure it out and if i can't i'm going to go do something else for a little while and then chances are when i boot the game up the next time something will click for me and i'll figure it out that was always the way it worked uh that's just not how games are consumed anymore, at least not by a lot of people. And I think that they they took that in mind. They and 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 they I really like the interface of this game. I think that they made it really accessible while mm-hmm. also being, you know, uh, while while also honoring the traditions of the series that fans who are coming back to it would expect to see. It was a little jarring not to see like any verbs in the game, but also, you know, it's it's 2022. It's okay if things are different. Yeah, and I think I think a point, a general point about the kind of games I think that I remember um, our mortal enemy Sorcia from the uh, Adventure Games podcast, um, boo hiss, um, saying on his Discord about time, and when you're older, you don't have time to spend. Like, you you can't just come in from school, spend six hours playing the game, and then go right. to bed. You don't have time for that. Um, right, right. And I think what, uh, and I th- from from his point, um, I think he was saying stuff that if you need to have a game that feels accessible and feels like you're making progress in a short amount of time to kind of keep the attention, because as you think you said, I said be, as you said earlier, like because of time, you've not really had chance to play many adventure games but i'm assuming that you was able the time that you was able to get and play this one you felt like you was able to at least do some progress each time you played because it was quite easy to but you still had a satisfactory uh element so it didn't feel easy but it was just easier to use yeah and i i've heard some complaint you know I, i didn't really plug into the discourse around the game a because i didn't want anything spoiled for me before i had a chance to finish it but B, because I find a lot of online discourse about pretty much anything these days to be extraordinarily toxic. <laughs> and so I avoided it. And I've seen some, you know, criticism that people found it to be easy. I played it on, I, I think there's, there's casual and hard mode. I think hard mode is basically normal. But hard mm-hmm. mode is basically if you have experience with this series, this is what you're probably looking for. And that's how I took it. And I did the writer's mode because ah, I didn't care. I wanted as much game as I could get. 
Um, and so, yeah, I, I didn't feel like it was punishingly difficult. There were a couple of sections where I was a little more stuck, where I was stuck for a little bit longer than I would have liked. You know, that's, that's one of the tough things about trying to find time for, you know, this activities. It's like, okay, uh, I've got, I've got a solid, like, 30 maybe 45 minutes here where I can play and oh I'm stuck I'm stuck on a puzzle I this is not how I want to be spending my 45 minutes that I get mm-hmm. to play anything this day it's it's I I want I want something I can like jump into and feel good about having played and then leave and generally speaking this game was pretty good I could I could boot it up I could play for 30, 45 minutes, make some progress, feel pretty good. But every once in a while, there'd be a section where I'd be a little stuck and I'd say to myself, you know, I just, uh, I'm going to have to come back to this when I have a little bit more time to bang my head against a wall. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, there weren't too many puzzles that did that in this game. It did, it probably was um, a little bit more on the easy side, especially having just played Curse in difficult mode. Uh, I was... Uh, I was like, oh, there's nothing nearly as convoluted as there was in that game. Oh, yeah. I think there's, I think in the hard version of Curse, there's the bit where you have to get the gold tooth out of out of the chicken shop and that yes. involves, yeah, like helium and bubblegum. And, and I swear to God, I must have played, I mean, I, I think it was my first time playing through it since... Maybe since, uh, no, not since I originally played, but si- since around when it came out, probably in about 20 years, 22 years. And I must have played it on the easier mode back then because that puzzle, I did not remember being that convoluted. No, I, I think you can just walk out with it in the easy mode. Whereas like you have to kind of take helium, chew bubblegum. Uh, you have to kind of pop the the thing. You have to go out you, and then you have to kind of use the, the saucepan and I think the, I think the cheese puzzle is a lot longer in the uh, on the in the resort. It's uh, yeah, <laughs> certainly coming away from replaying that game. Yeah, I didn't find that this one was as uh, c- crazy. <laughs> so did you? What did you think of the? So did you use the hint book? I did not. Book. I didn't know whether there was going to be an achievement for finishing the game without using it. So I erred on the side of caution and I never used it. One of the first times I remember doing it is that I got really stuck with the kind of thousand thorns thing. I had no idea what I was looking at, and then I had to look in the hymn book. And I quite like quite like that it's very contact context adjacent. So it will know what you're doing or what you've tried. And it cool. pretty much went. And it pretty much went. You ain't been in the forest, mate. <laughs> Go to the forest. Ah, uh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's good. I I, I like that that it's a sort of a gentle doesn't make you feel dumb it and it's it's context so so it does it is it like progressive does it you know if you do if that hint doesn't do it you get like a little bit more of a hint and then a little bit more of a hint yeah it's pretty much like the universal hint system if anyone's ever looked at that or used it um where it'll say like where like you'll you'll find oh how do i do this and um and it'll go like and then so the the UHS goes like, um, oh, have, oh, what do you? Oh, in order to do this, you need to do this. Uh, click, 
and you got like oh seven out of eight clues left well what have you what have you seen that looks round and does this blah 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 click he goes hmm there, were, there was a round thing at the barber shop or something maybe you should look there click goes find the sound so in the in the barber shop what could you do with it that kind of, so you kind of like right so it kind of gives you hints and hints and hints before going like before thinking oh for god's sake just just uh, use the bowling ball on the pins or something uh, right so yeah so it gives you a chance to try and briefly give you the to do <laughs> like with like hinting at it before eventually thinking no no i can't give no you have to tell me what I can't figure out what to do. So yeah, it's that kind of hint system. So it's not exactly just like an interactive walkthrough. It's it's just like a put like a push in the right direction. And if you're still stuck, it'll realise that you've still stuck and kind of readapt. It's very quite clever into doing that. But again, that's kind of I think I ended up using it a couple of times, and the temp. I mean, I had to fight the temptation of doing using it a few times. Um, or like, or at one point I was like, I I want to get past this bit, but I need to go to bed. I open up the hint book. What we're gonna got do? Um, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, but I, th- I I do quite like that. And again, I think uh, I think it's also kind of built for younger players as well. So if people who are kind of like quite young and trying who not used yeah, to yeah who who are getting into the series for the first time or this kind of game yeah maybe for the first time yeah and I think it's kind of meant for that as well. Um, but it, I think it adds a bit of an accessibility so that people aren't just constantly stuck. Um, right because like look the internet exists if someone gets stuck they're just going to go online and look something up and rather than doing that they've built into the game itself a system where someone can go get a little bit of a hint and sometimes a little bit of a hint is all you need you don't need to read a whole walkthrough mm -hmm. with the whole puzzle laid out and maybe spoiling something that comes along down the road or you know, and who knows, once you're on the internet, maybe you see something else that distracts you and you stop playing the game, which they definitely don't want. So it makes sense to have uh, something built into the structure of the actual game. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and, the, and I think part of it, that's why people think it, it's quicker to do these games that way. But then again, though, this took me about 12 hours to finish. Um, still, after all, after all that. Yeah, I think, um, uh, I, think I was 15. Okay, yeah. Um, I didn't do the writer's mode, actually. I didn't realise the writer's mode was a thing until after I completed the game. Yeah, I'd play through it again with that turned on. There's There aren't a ton of differences. The one one big one actually happens early on, which is you meet the the, the pirates that are opening up the, um, the, the fish shop that used to be in charge of the island. Mm -hmm. um, you meet them in the first act during writer's mode. They're... They're hanging out in the corner, in the corner where those three pirates in the first game were, um, and you can chat with them a little bit. Okay, okay. Um, and I think some of the conversations that have only like maybe very simple dialogue trees now have much longer and more involved dialogue trees. I think I don't know for sure, but I suspect there's there's one uh, interaction with the voodoo lady. Which in which is very very long. She talks for a comically long amount of time. It is a, it is an enormous amount of text. If you play with the text appearing on screen like I do, it's an enormous amount of text that appears on screen. It's pretty funny. Uh, so, uh, is it, uh, okay, I'm asking about. I'm assuming it's self it's self aware of that because I could, yeah. Um, but yeah, I never got, never got to that point. But uh, I I I I I'm. I, I'm planning on replaying it, and I probably will play it on the writer's 
my own stuff. But um, so in terms of the characters and everything, um, Monkey Island quite famous for its kind of cast of characters. Um, not that many from Curse Escape or Tales show up apart from one key one who i'm going to talk about in a second but uh yeah um i'm a bit sad that morgan the fly didn't show up i i think she's probably one of the more more popular um like lightest in the series characters um i would like to have seen her show up uh at some point or in, in some in some capacity um in some capacity but uh, yeah maybe in the next one yeah although i do think although i do i, I think she's alive because i'm pretty sure she she somehow managed to resurrect herself at the end of the, the game. I can't remember, but um, I'm hoping that she shows up because I think she was like like the 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 garbage little fanboy. But um, yeah, I can't think of any many other characters that were that were uh, introduced in the the non Rongoli games um, being brought up. But in terms yeah, of Mur- from the Murray characters, is the only one. Yeah, but um, I don't want to talk about Murray just yet because. So I'm, cause we'll probably end up talking for an hour because I love that I love that little round skull. Um, the exception of Murray, exception of Murray, who, 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 which characters jumped out to you that whether returning or? Oh, good question. You know, I didn't think that there was a big standout. Although I'll say I did really like this iteration of Stan. You know, there's 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 a Stan in every game. Mm-hmm. And I thought that uh, this Stan was uh, was 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 pretty fun. I liked how he was incorporated into the story. I liked the performance, the dialogue, all of that worked uh, pretty well for me. So, for me, even though it's probably an easy pick, uh, Stan might was probably my favorite returning character. I think with returning characters, I quite like Stan. I, I do quite like how they did what they did with Carla as well. Um, yep. Uh, yeah. I, I like the Carlos the governor now. I really liked that. Yeah, and just that your 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 conversation with her is just automatically it's a sword fight. It's just <laughs> yeah, a, a, a casual friendly sword fight. I really liked that touch. I do also quite like the fact that it seems like in terms of sword fighting skills that um they seem to be equals. Seem to be equals in terms of in the actual physical sword fighting thing where they can just go for ages, <laughs> um just like trading swords and stuff and you have to do that yeah but, but i like I, that it reflects that he's grown as you know a he's the one who's telling the story but b it's also a reflection of where he is at this point in his career he's accomplished yeah. he can hold his own yeah yeah i feel quite that um what about new characters new got, characters i yeah there probably wasn't one that really stood out to me. Um, how about you? I mean, I think the the, the key ones I think are the th- the three new um, pirate captains whose names right. I've suddenly forgotten. Yeah. But, um, but the fact I've forgotten, I know there's Madison, Trent, and oh, what was the name of the one? Um, I like the locksmith character. Uh, that was probably the new one that is sticking out to me the most. Besides the the three antagonists, the one that, actually, but I think the one that stood out to me that I really quite liked and found quite fun was um, uh, Judge. I want to say Judge Dredd, but it's not Judge Dredd. It's uh, oh, the Judge character was fun. Yes, yeah, uh, Judge character was fun. Oh, that's gonna be wrong in there. Okay, uh, Judge Plank. Plank. Judge, okay. Yeah, Judge Plank. Yeah, I, I really quite like. I I liked. It. I thought it was very very funny, but, like overly serious and kind of melodramatically slow and. 
and I, I, I just, I, I also thought he was animated really, really well. Like, animated really well in terms of, in terms of that. Um, I also quite liked, um, Iron, I think it was Iron Rose, who was the kind of first mate for the Chuck. And yeah. kind of a key aspect in what I want to go to next, uh, what I want to briefly talk about next in, um, kind of the LeChuck side of the LeChuck Guybrush rivalry. Yeah, LeChuck's crew were, were, were yeah, they were fun. I liked LeChuck's yeah. crew. And I quite like the fact that even they were kind of sick of everything. Uh, kind yeah. Of sick of the two of them and like, was, yeah. we just want, oh, we just want to plunder and raise. It can't be arse going right. to. Can't we just be pirates? Why do we always have to go seeking this mystical treasure and, and obsessing over Guybrush? Yeah, and um, I just thought it was quite funny. And I forgot, and Rob Paulson being uh, Bob again. Um, like, yeah. The, uh, uh, Rob Paulson, who he's probably been in every children's cartoon you ever watched as a kid. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, yeah, he's played at least two turtles in different iterations of it. Um, what did you What did you think of the new LeChuck? I really liked LeChuck. Um, in this, and um, I think, it, and it probably leads to having, it probably leads to discussion towards the as we leave, as we start moving towards the discussion of the ending. Because one of the key things I quite liked in this was, um, I think it's the game that manages to do quite a lot of exploring the Lichuk Guybrush dynamic. In that, it it kind of evolves and it kind of not probably not evolves, but the way they are they're they're a lot they interact a lot more in this one um and i think like and he's not he's not a kind of far threat far threat that appears in a cutscene you actually have dialogue trees with him and i think and you and i think the only time i can think of that happening before aside that wasn't um a part of a climactic battle um in monkey island 2 and mm. in 3 i think was in tales where he's charles l charles and he's human right but yeah i think i think there's a yeah i quite like the fact that lechuk is presented as being quite as kind of single-minded and obsessed with guybrush i yeah. think as guybrush is obsessed with thing and i quite like i quite like that the, the, the game is kind of showing that they're actually quite similar in how Right, like single-minded they are. Definitely, yeah. I liked that take on LeChuck. The performance took me a little bit of time to get used to. I do miss the old, the old voice, but um, I I thought it was pretty good. I liked that they went with the kind of zombie LeChuck look for yes. him, which is probably my favorite iteration of LeChuck. Yeah, and, definitely. And I think that the. I, I think I, you make a good point in that LeChuck and Guybrush interact a lot more through the story, which maybe makes their lack of a final conflict make a little bit more sense because it's, it's it's almost the inverse of what we've seen in, in some of the other games. But I still was missing a final confrontation between the two of them. Um, it just seemed like... You know, LeChuck was LeChuck was picking off. You know, Madison and the gang. You know, were disposing of each other one by one until LeChuck remained at the door, and then the door opens, and then Guybrush goes through, and then we get 
the ending that we'll we'll discuss in in a moment, I'm sure. But yeah, there wasn't any real for me kind of resolution or or moment of the two of them maybe recognizing how similar they had become and maybe coming to some sort of, I don't know, uh, some sort of emotional conclusion between the two of them or narrative conclusion between the two of them that we didn't really get. It felt like a little bit of a dangling thread. There's that aspect of the ending, there's the ending ending, and there's just that bit beforehand with the kind of the build-up to the guy brushing the chuck kind of conversation i think as you're going through down Mon- like to monkey island there's like a chase going on where you got guybrush going i'm ca- i'm getting closer and then you can actually hear guy the chuck going uh you can't you won't beat me three weed or that kind of stuff right and you get to the point where you see him go in there and you get the base chase him and there's like you can i th- it's it i think even more than any other game in the series um i think the kind of the kind of th- tension is quite built up quite well and i think because of because of spending nearly 30 years with these two loggerheads to each other it feels like they're building up to kind of the final conversation where they get where they are where they confront each other over the secret and it's kind of and i remember getting really kind of hyped up going oh god what's happening oh god oh god oh god um and but then having that kind of rugged pulled um i think with what so with with what happens next uh what happens next and hit reading and watching kind of gone gilbert talk about it in interviews um i think a, having a couple of months after seeing it my view my views kind of mellowed out a, a bit about it uh a bit about it but there's still there's still that initial moment of being kind of having kind of the wind taken out of me a bit of kind of the whiplash that happens which left me slightly disappointed and as much as i as as much as i can start reading into the ending and seeing what other people have said about it about it and the analysis of it my my view on the endings change but there's always going to be that moment and the experience of the game as i mentioned earlier that kind of like it was like really kind of like whiplash like it was like proper whiplash in terms of like brett like oh what what and particularly as i was kind of getting really into kind of chasing the chuck getting really hyped into it that as much as you can kind of read into what happens next that it just yeah, and I think it's that kind of emotional whiplash that actually that kind of made Immortality nudge ahead of this game as being my sure. favorite thing this year. And I don't even see it as something you necessarily have to choose between. Like, you can still have the ending that they have be the ultimate ending, but, but just sort of narratively having some sort of confrontation with the two of them where they come face-to-face in this particular story one last time and then you can have the theme park ending. Guybrush is just messing with this kid because, because I, I again, like I loved the narrative framing device. I loved the father son dynamic. I thought that if he wanted to just be kind of messing with his kid with the the you know kind of a, a wacky out of nowhere ending to the story, I thought that was a, a 
I thought that was really fun, but I still think you could have done that after having some sort of final confrontation with these two. Yeah, and yeah, that's that's gonna kind of stick for me as much, and I can't unless Monkey Island Seven begins with what happens between walking through that door and venturing out into Melly onto the the theme park, but but theme park bit, but. Yeah, the but what I can't but and I quite like the idea that the ending being so the ending is that um uh, Guybrush is a flooring inspector <laughs> of all things um which like if you look, think remember the first game he goes like, I'm Guybrush Street, would I want to be a flooring inspector um which is a kind of nice callback to that that Stan owns this theme park based on Melee Island and it's vague enough it's vague enough to think oh it's a recreation of melee island or whether it's an actual theme park or anything or that the adventures are real and but there's it's open enough to say okay the stuff that happened happened or the stuff that we've seen is just guybrush telling kind of false lies or kind of well telling kind of stories to his son and or actually it's or depending on what you do at the end of in the theme park um it's a case that oh it's actually not true or it's not it's it, it's very 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 it's it's very open in terms of in terms of what you can suggest what you can read into it i mean what did you think yeah, I didn't do um, the the sort of other big thing that you can do at the end besides leave with Elaine is you can you can go back through the door um, and and go back out to to Monkey Island and live like I guess live a delusion um, is the is the sort of ending that that one suggests. But I I didn't do that in my playthrough. But I I, I learned that that is something you can do after I was done with the game. Uh, I'll probably do that on my next playthrough, but the, yeah, I, I like the, to me, it's as simple as whatever ending you choose is, is, is going to be, you know, Guybrush is just telling a story to his kid and this is the way it ended this time. And we're all having fun here. Let's not take this too seriously. Yeah. And the yeah and like the and i think the idea that monkey island being a theme park um which uh theme being theme park again it's not explicitly saying that oh it's all fictional there's still the reading to it where it could be something based on what on it's something in the monkey island universe and it's based on true stories like the chuck was an actual being and they created the theme park based on that then again, though, would you really want to have open a theme park based on real life villains? You wouldn't, would you? <laughs> yeah, no. I think I think he's ju- you know I it, it also is a a fun way of kind of tweaking the audience who was who was confused and miffed by the ending of Monkey Island two by giving an even more uh silly and and kind of convoluted out of nowhere ending that could even go in multiple different directions and 
I think it's also acknowledging uh, that, again, that storytelling theme, you know, because what is this theme park doing but, you know, representing these stories? Uh, and so I think it, it, I, I think it works on that level as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, if you take it into take it into account that it's somewhat it's Guybrush telling the story, I think at least I'm surprised that Guybrush didn't at least tell his son that him and the Chuck ended up doing a massive, massive confrontation that we didn't see um, or embellishing that. Unless, or it's a case that he didn't do that. Because it's growth in the garbage's character in that he didn't want to embellish the truth too much. In that what we've seen so far is more or less what happened. But then all the his instances in the past games where we've seen embellish the truth um, isn't happening here. So he, he didn't really embellish the final confrontation as much as we probably expected him to. Um, I, 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 I really quite like how open that is. But um, I mean the... and. I think the kind of secret of Monkey Island being another T-shirt, but um, but I think I was watching an interview that Ron Gilbert was doing with um, the Twitch streamer Cressup again. Um, she's one of the regular co-hosts of Our Enemies, the Adventure Game podcast. Um, she, and yeah, she had she had the honour of interviewing uh, Ron Gilbert whilst playing was kind of playing on Twitch the ending and in, and speaking to him, speaking to him about the ending and pretty much I and I think it's one of the few places that he openly discussed yes this is the secret of Monkey Island he actually pretty much revealed the secret on this Twitch stream Twitch uh, Twitch Twitch stream in that he goes oh yeah the, the secret is that Monkey Island is a theme park it's always been that um it's it's always been threaded through the first two games, and like, hmm. yeah, and he just said that, and I think a few people in the chats were like, "Wait, what? Wait, what? Did he just did he just like explicitly say that was the secret?" And that's pretty funny. Yeah, and like, um, but then he goes like, "I'm pretty sure it was made explicit. The game makes it explicit, um, or at least he's very inferred that the secret is that Monkey Island is a theme park based on someone's imagination." Uh, I stuff. mean, given how much you know theme parks play a role in the sort of monkey island universe it makes sense yeah i think but i think as well but i think he said that you can see that but then he's but i think he also kind of made it vague in that whether it's basically someone in our reality in our reality called guybrush uh like pretending to be or again it's the monkey island universe and it's a theme park based on things that happened in there um, and I think that is, again, it's a very clever way of ending it. And I think it's only been like re watching that and having a couple of months to think about it, where I'm like, yeah, I can, yeah, I, I, no, I, yeah, I can, I can make peace with that. I'm okay with that. Except the fact that I've still felt a bit iffed about not having an emotional confidence, an emotional combination between him and uh, the Chuck. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I can. I can see how this is kind of like almost like a satisfying kind of conclusion to this chapter of the Ron Gilbert story, Monkey Island. I think so. Yeah. I uh, I wasn't really bumped by the ending. I thought it was fun and kind of in keeping with 
the tradition at this point there's a there's a couple of different endings if you if you read like depending on all the stuff you can do you can i never opened the chest so i didn't get the t-shirt what does it change if you don't get the t-shirt versus if you do i don't uh not much i think um i think it changes the post credit sequence what did you get as yours um i think it was chucky and d ring in the from the start uh i got a banana balancing on a rock <laughs> i'm not sure how you get to uh get that but um i have no idea i now, now i'm really curious to look up like i don't even know do you know how many different ones there are there's about 10 i think oh my gosh that's funny the only issue is that you have to sit through the the credit sequence to watch all of them. Yeah. But um there's but there's, there's there's also a secret there's also a dark secret ending as well. Um like a depressing ending. So Well, think, if you succeed in drowning yourself, you get that. Is that the ending you're talking about? Well, yeah. Well, you get Well, what happens is if you drown yourself for the first time after 8 minutes. Yeah. You get, you I, get, I I did this. I had nothing better to do and I I I went as far I drowned him enough times to get the the game basically throws its hand up at a certain point and is like fine. He died. He never had kids and never got to tell the story. Yeah. <laughs> it's just an empty bench. <laughs> yeah, and it's quite like dark. I I mean I'm not, I've I've not got to that yet, but um but I know it's I think it's actually a achievement you can win where you die three times oh um, uh, yeah, yeah i got that it's, achievement <laughs> yeah it's but it's quite dark and i'm like oh, flipping heck um oh it's very dark yeah I, I was meant to i was like oh i wonder if what the joke was and stuff and yeah but it makes sense like you know, again i think what that's what happened with um number two i think there's a bit where when you and wally are in the chuck's dungeon and you file something the chuck sets the the slow moving mechanism to dunk you and wally in acid and he cuts back to a lane going uh, no, you didn't. <laughs> because you're here, right? Yeah, but um, yeah. So there's like all those kind of different, like different endings. So, for example, there's uh, like how to get the secret ending and return Garland, blah blah blah. Um, if the chest was filled with gems, rubies, and gold, um, you'll have a scene at the very end where young Guybrush will be playing around for a bunch, a whole low, large pile of golden jewels. Um, I think if depending on what you tell him in the chest um so if you say the secret was really the friends you made along the way guy rush will be shown in a small boat with several other characters from the game your mom ah. was right it's better not to know um all you'll do is that you'll find the chest be buried in a hole um if you answer i wasn't making anything up that's what really happened um a hand will slide three tickets over a counter presumably guy brush elaine and the son um, if he answers there isn't any one answer to what the secret is players will be treated to an inception style scene showing a banana balancing on a rock right that's the one i got yeah but say but then if, if you even if grab the key but then have leave guybrush leave with a lane with ever open the chest um basically what happened is that you'll see a lord of the Rings spoof where guybrush throws the ring into a pool of lava oh that's so funny yeah if players leave without the key or the secret this is the one I got. This is when you'll see Chucky and Dee running around. There's also the one where if if you don't leave with a lane, you can then use Stan's keys to return for the door and then backtrack all the way back to the top of Monkey Island. And if you leave before picking the key, Guybrush in a lane will be shown sailing around the Caribbean on a large ship. If Guybrush takes the key but not get the secret, 
that Chuck and Lila will be shown fighting over the locked chest. And if Guybrush unlocks the chest and takes the secret, you'll be treated to a scene where the voodoo lady returns and finds her shot completely ruined. Oh, that's so funny. I, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to YouTube the endings because I'm not sitting through the credits that many times. Yeah, I ended up doing that because I'm like, because you, you can't skip the credits. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm not doing that. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah. But, but yeah, and it's, they're not the vague enough to technically be all in canon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because they're all the, like, you know, the way that the son implies, you know, when he says, like, you gave that story a silly ending, and it implies that the, that Guybrush has a habit of telling different endings to his stories each time he tells them, which to me is like, that's great. It's all, you know, like, one of the themes of this of this game is storytelling, so it's it's fine to have a little bit of fun with it and to not take it too seriously and sometimes you change the ending of stories because you feel like it yeah um let's briefly talk about the art because the art's different yeah we're not really touched about the art i i i think the art's lovely it's i do too smooth it's smooth for the it's unique i mean pretty much um three four i mean all the games are pretty much, well, one and two are very similar, but all the games have their, their own unique look and design to the characters. This shouldn't really be any different. Um, like the fact, I like, like, like the fact that things zoom in, things zoom out, the camera moves and pans very smoothly. I like the fact that when you're talking to some people, you'll get a close up of the characters in the middle of the conversation and stuff. And I think it looks really nice. And I think you, and you said you quite like it as well. I do, yeah. I think the animation and character design is all quite fine. It 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 takes maybe a little bit of getting used to if you're not expecting, you know. You and I watched the trailer probably a half dozen times or more, so mm-hmm. we weren't exactly surprised by it. I could I could ex- accept maybe if you had no idea what you were getting and you had just played, you know. Monkey Island 2 back in 1991 and you booted this up you might be a little bit off put but I think it's I think it looks great and and it everything felt really satisfying to play like user interface animation everything felt really satisfying to look at and interact with Yeah and um I I also really like I love the design of Chuck I think LeChuck has never looked better, <laughs> I think, in this. I think that the art style suits LeChuck to a T. He's, he's never looked, he's, he looks really scary. He's, he's very, he's very, uh, animated. Um, yeah, I, I think this art style suits him a lot. And, um, yeah, I think, I think the people who were initially like, oh, this art style looks rubbish. Um, I don't agree with them. Yeah. yeah. I think online yeah. commentary. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think particularly again, um, as much as it would be nice to have had another pixel Monkey Island game, I this I think transcribes really well and also looks re- and also will probably look really, really nice um when you if you're playing it on Twitch on a massive screen TV. Which I haven't done. Um, I, part of me kind of wants to buy it on on Switch just so I can play it downstairs on my like fifty five inch telly. 
Uh, that's not a bad <laughs> idea. Say. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I need to buy another copy. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, just to so I can play it. and also play it on the go as well because I'm, I'm assuming it. I've not played it on Switch. Well, I'm going to Switch, but from what I've looked online, it looks quite easy. Um, like easy to interact because I think the different hotspots are all done by different keys and you can switch between them and stuff. Um, yeah. Um, and I think before we, before I start moving on to just, well, I've only had one tweet about it, but um, one thing, one little thing about the interface I really, really quite liked and I think helped a lot is there are puzzles where you combine objects and what I quite liked is that if you pick up an object and move it across other items in your inventory, it won't actually, it will just like blank out or have a red cir- a circle with a red line in the middle for items that can't be combined. And then suddenly when nothing happens, you go, oh, these two can combine. And I quite like that, particularly when you've got some games where you've got a lot of inventory puzzles inventory yeah it it, it removes a lot of the tedium you know again i think that some people might be looking at that and being like uh they're making everything so easy things were so much harder when i was playing this game back in the early 90s you know (laughs) i i think i think that there's an attitude that by streamlining some of the things that you know guess what not everyone in the world wants to spend their gaming time you know clicking on literally every single inventory combination you can think of to to happen upon a solution mm-hmm. to a puzzle yeah exactly and i think again helps with the ease again you might might argue it's easy but then like going clicking on use sound so on sound so use sound so yeah i think it's just nice just to pick up it pick up something and just hover it over yeah, it felt like a very intuitive game to play, like to actually yeah. interact with everything felt intuitive. I'd love to see more adventure games built on this engine. Yes, yes. I yeah, I'll yeah, I hope that the engine gets used elsewhere. I think it's really nice. I think I, I look I look forward to seeing if if anyone can kind of refine or add or remove stuff to the engine. Um but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Okay, so yeah, before we finish, um we only had really one, well, a couple of tweets. Uh, one tweet from, I think, the act, the voice actor who plays Trent, which is just basically scoring crossbones, uh, a pirate flag, and a glass of beer. Um, and that was uh, Laquan Bennett, um, who played Captain Trent. Um, just, yeah, just put Skull and Crossbones, the pirate flag, oh, and, a pe- and a fire. Um, and other, me- other, we had a tweet from Pat, who was um, the guest from uh, King- the Queen's Quest episode because i really thought this was an okay adventure it was fine i didn't like the ending though i personally think it's perfect for players who haven't played an adventure game since the mid 90s compared to other recent adventure releases it is nothing extraordinary though i can i can i can probably see that i can probably see that in terms of my pat's coming from where he's saying probably thinking that if you compare it to kind of other indie games that indie adventure games that have been out um they probably have either slightly longer or kind of more complex System, like gameplay systems, but I can, well, for the well for the diehards, but I I I, I think it's it's probably the closest we've got to a triple A game in the genre, and I perhaps completely right when it's saying that um, it's perfect for those who haven't played an adventure since the nineties. I think yeah, for someone who coming back into the genre, I think it's a great 
great way to ease back in. But yourself? Yeah, it's very accessible. I think that that can, again, be conflated unfairly with it being dumbed down. But really, it's just a way of making sure that as many people as possible who are playing this game have as enjoyable an experience of actually playing as possible. You know, not not everyone wants to return to the... <laughs> to the days of old where we're, where we're like banging our heads on our keyboards because we yeah. uh, can't uh, figure out this one obscure, you know, little... Some of the solutions to some of the old puzzles was literally just like, yeah, try everything. Eventually something will work. You know, wasn't every... You know, every solution was not always as intuitive, but everything, every puzzle here really makes sense. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And... Again, I think it's a great way for new players, young and old, to get into yeah, the genre. Yeah, which is not a bad thing. We want more people to play these games. Yes, so that they can make them and make them and give us more stress when we don't have time to play them, but make them in a way that we find them easy to devote time to. But yeah, um, and that's... And I think that's all we've got time for in terms of Return to Monkey Island. The fact that we have a sixth game in the series, as we said earlier, is amazing. The fact that we've been able to play it is great. And the fact that it was done by Ron Gilbert as well, ridiculous. Um, any closing thoughts before we... What do you think the odds are that we get another from from these guys? I think I think Ron Gilbert said that he doesn't think... If there's another Monkey Island game, he probably won't do it. I think it's either a tweet or a quote interview. I remember saying that I think it's his last Monkey Island game because I think he's told the story he wants to tell with it. But I don't think he has any issues with anyone else having a go at making one. So I'm going to try and find my old Monkey Island flat fan fiction. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'd love I'd love to see some more. I'd love to see another, uh, you know, br- bring back uh, another season of Tales of Monkey Island. You know that that seems like a, sort of an easy solution is to do something like that again. I really quite like I really quite like the story of Tales, and I quite mm-hmm. like it. And the, the episodic form, the, the episodic splitting of that worked quite well, particularly quite well, particularly with how it, particularly with how the story unfolded and everything. Um, but yeah, I quite like I quite like that because it was because it was segregated into five very distinct parts. Um, it, ma- it meant the story felt a bit more substantial, um, which I think, on reflection, I think the story it me compared to Return, Return story is slightly thin in terms of what the actual plot is, but I think it's more focused on the exploration of what Guybrush's actions are doing in compensation for that. But um, I quite, I'm quite interested in seeing how, if going back to having a, a more story-led version of Monkey Island, of or a, a different adventure anyway, where like different islands and stuff. Yeah, give us some new adventures. Give us some new islands. Like, I know that they cut a little bit out of this game. There was another island originally that was supposed to be in the game. You know, would have. Yeah. Yeah, I would have appreciated a little bit more. I mean, I'm sure it just came down to money, right? Like, why, you know, this game's announcement kind of came out of the blue. 
you know, it was announced the same year it was it was released. You know, it it it, it feels like I I don't know why they didn't just take another year with the game. Nobody knew it was coming, so it wasn't like anyone was was criticizing them for taking too long. Nobody would have known if they took an extra year other than the people who had to pay the bills. So I'm sure it came down to that. But I would have appreciated maybe a little bit more to the game, you know, fleshing out, you know, the, the Terror Island part in particular, that island felt a little empty, uh, would, have, would have liked, you know, I know that the writer's mode stuff, some of that got cut out for pacing reasons, but... I, g- give me more of that. Give me more stuff in this game. Uh, you know, you, you, you don't have to make it all... Like, a lot of the writer's mode stuff is optional. You know, you don't have to click through these dialogue trees with these characters, you know? Um, but it does flesh out the world a little bit, and I would have appreciated more... Just a bit more stuff, you know? Hmm. Yeah, I think you can actually find one of the deleted islands you can you can't do anything on it but you can walk around yeah i think it's cog island or something and it's like yeah yeah i think guybrush even says that oh this is the remnants of a puzzle that was going to happen we've gone back to melee you said now three times you know let's go back to one of the monkey island two games uh monkey island two games monkey island two islands yeah i mean i've always wanted to revisit scab yeah i'd love to head back to scab Yeah, you could have another, you know, another one of these, you know, it could have been another way to comment on, you know, look, we're giving you not just one, but two places that you recognize that you can go back to and to see, you know, how much more it's changed. I'm generally surprised we've never met Largo again. I am too. He seems like such a larger than life character in that game yeah. and well, such a such a huge part of that game he does it does seem odd that we've never heard a whiff of him since th- yeah there's a, a an april fool's joke um about the announcements of of monkey island 5 which dominic armato actually recorded a voice clip for where he's, he's uh where he voices guybrush and also voices largo so you've got oh, the vocal funny. Yeah, um, I, can't, I remember it was, it was like a, it was on one of the Monkey Island fan sites years ago. I'm talking decades ago. Sure. Um, but yeah, so it's, but it was Dominic Armato just basically voicing both characters where he's interacting with um, Largo and stuff. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, Monkey Island 7, bring back Largo. <laughs> yeah, L- uh, Largo's Revenge. Yes. Yes, Largo's Revenge. Um, so Ian, we we are now at the end of our chat, and it's been like cathartic to debrief <laughs> about finally, yeah, yeah, about the big the big point of click adventure game release of this year. Um, so yeah, and I, I I but also if you get chance, play Immortality. I it's it's ridiculously ridiculously good. It which, is on the list. About how many hours would you say? To get everything? No, to like get a good playthrough experience. I've seen people say between 5 and 12. Perfect. But, that would be good. But if it's if it's in the Monkey Island ballpark, that's fine. Without without spoiling anything, I can't give you any more details on that because once once you figure out what it's doing, it adds, it adds a lot more gameplay to okay. the time. I think I've got okay. about. I think I've managed to get everything, and it's taken me about fifteen hours. 
So well, that's that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. But when, yeah, cool. but once you work out what to do, it opens up a lot. And I don't really want to spoil it anymore. Um, no, please don't. Yeah. I'm looking forward to playing it. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah, go in as blind as you can. Um, if people want to find you online, Ian, where can they find you? Nowhere, hopefully. <laughs> um, I, you, you can find me elsewhere on the We Made This Network, though. I've got a, uh, a Star Wars show called The Way. I've got, uh, I, I'm one of the rotating guest hosts of uh, We Are Starfleet, our Star Trek discussion podcast, as well as a co-host of Illumination Above All, our Severance podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Looking forward to... Yeah, look, I think at the time recording, the ne- your next episode is the finale that I think you haven't done yet. I'm, oh, I'm, so I'm looking forward to. Correct. Yeah, to. we were unfortunately we were supposed to record this Monday, but we're it is looking like we'll have to postpone that until uh, early in the new year because of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think yeah, I think it's be worth it. Um, be worth it. But I, I yeah, if you haven't watched Severance, come watch it. Um, yeah, so if you want to f- follow us on, well, me on uh, the Instagram and Twitter, it's under Ask Us About Loom. Um, yeah, you find us there. If you want to contact me and offer your thoughts and feelings on the games we've covered so far, you, everyone's more than welcome to. I'm hoping at one point, it's, um, particularly if we get any, if we get any emails, um, to have like a mailbag. Get, to have like a mailbag episode to read through comments based on stuff that we've done so far so yeah you can email me at askusaboutloom at gmail.com um if you want to listen to anything else i do i do the music podcast pick a disc you just search for pick a disc in your podcast apps um i'm involved with shipwrecks and comatose the red dwarf podcast and the no and no book club which is a yellow jackets podcast so yeah there's many of them so and that's it we are all monkey island out so goodbye goodbye ian it was lovely talking to you pleasure hello and this is frame to frame part of the we made this podcast network we are a podcast that take two seemingly unconnected films and slam them together with the most obscure theme that we can find i'm andy williams and i'm sean wilson and every wednesday you'll be able to find out a little bit more about the different themes and different films that we look into you can hear moments such as this Gwyneth Paltrow has as many Oscars as David Cronenberg. That's just wrong in every sense of the word. Um, yeah, but you can't get a candle that smells like David Cronenberg. No, wait, I'm not going to get there. Um, <laughs> no, no, don't, don't do that. I mean, we've we've done nearly 10 minutes on why you dislike Zack Snyder, and that was just the first <laughs> the first person that I mentioned as, as a, a, a talented name. <laughs> in the, the now film. you've got you've got to make get, take us in a positive direction, please. Okay. <laughs> Jared Butler is the lead of this film. Oh, that's not a good start. <laughs> that's, that's really not a good start. So keep going. <laughs> I just want to say, Emma, I really, I really love your philosophy about no matter how good or bad a movie is, there's a lot of effort that goes into it. <laughs> I, re- I really like that philosophy because I find myself grappling with that. It's kind of like it's really easy to tear something down because the finished product that comes out in the cinema or on streaming is nominally bad, but it has actually had a fair amount of effort that went into it. Regardless exactly. of how that stands. Be sure to check your podcast app of choice every Wednesday to find new episodes. You'll be able to like, subscribe, and find us on social media at Frame to Frame Pod.